Hey friends, I have a new ad partner that I think you're going to love because I already love them. And that is Stitch Fix. Stitch Fix sends style so good that you can feel it. They deliver all the confidence that comes with a truly amazing outfit without any of the work. With Stitch Fix, you get a stylist who understands your style, your size, and your budget, and they do all the shopping for you. It's the easiest way to transform your wardrobe. I feel like they just get me. They do get you. They just knew what would look right on me, and I hate taking stuff out. Yes. So it's like Christmas when you open that box, and you're like, how did you know? Exactly. It is Christmas, and I cannot wait till my next one. So go ahead, take the leap, do Stitch Fix, get your own personal stylist, and feel as bougie as we do these days using Stitch Fix, but not for a crazy price because they get your budget. Get started today at stitchfix.com slash naked. That's stitchfix.com slash N-A-K-E-D. Stitchfix.com slash naked. Hello and welcome back to the Naked Marriage Podcast. We are Dave and Ashley Willis. And on this podcast, we address the truth about sex, intimacy, and lifelong love. And you guys, I am so excited about the guests that we are interviewing today. You are in for a real treat. I am literally giddy with excitement. (laughs) And we're recording, before I even get to who the guest is, I just want to say we're recording in one of the coolest places we've ever recorded. So cool. I mean, the the Naked Marriage Podcast Studio, the EXO office is awesome. And as is, is our little makeshift studio at home. Mm-hmm. But for the first time ever, we're recording in this awesome studio at First Dallas. Mm-hmm. And the reason why... First Baptist Dallas. And you said yes, First Dallas. I know. Well, yeah, is first that Baptist like what Dallas. the cool kids call it? Well, that's what the cool kids call oh, it. Oh my first goodness. Dallas. Okay. But, you know, <laughs> but it's also First Baptist Dallas. And Julia Jeffress Sadler is the best-selling author of Pray Big Things, a licensed professional counselor and the next-gen minister at First Baptist Dallas. She's also the host of the podcast Unapologetic, which we were guests on and had a great time. Julia is passionate about discussing God's Word on today's topic, topics and how to have bold faith in a broken world. We're going to talk so much about their inspiring story. She and her husband, Ryan, have an amazing testimony. They have three precious little kids, triplets, and so she can talk about life with multiples, uh, life you know, a- after overcoming infertility, and... Um, Man, just she's lived a ton of life, mm-hmm. and I'm excited just to dive into this conversation. Julia, welcome. Thank you. I'm yes. so excited to be here. Should I say welcome? Like it's at welcome. your place. It's I feel I like I've, I've like come to your house for dinner, <laughs> and then we're and like, you come on in. And yeah, but you've been <laughs> such a gracious host, and so thank yes. you for for letting us be here. Oh, yeah. Y'all are awesome. I'm excited for this. Well, we love to start out our podcast episodes where we have guests with hearing more about your marriage story. Mm -hmm. And I saw here in my notes that you and your husband met in middle school. I would love to hear more about your love story. Okay, awesome. Okay, so Ryan and I (laughs) met when we were 13. And our love story goes completely with our testimony. So that's like just something neat that God did. I actually invited Ryan to our church, um, to his first Baptist, which Falls, and we were having Disciple Now weekend, yeah. and that's when he accepted Christ. And so um, we dated off and on as teenagers and then got back together when we were 19 mm-hmm. and have been together. We're on right now. We're not breaking up. No. <laughs> but uh, we got married when we were 20, and we've been married for 13 years. Oh, my goodness. 
That's amazing. I love that. I love hearing these middle school romances, or like at least mm-hmm. when you you know you first meet each other. I know several couples like that, and so I always tease parents when they're like, "Oh, it's just puppy love." I'm like, "Listen here, I know like five different couples." Oh yeah, I have a totally different opinion on that because yeah. my parents also met in junior high, Did and so really? and we've been in student ministry for 13 years. So oh. I understand when parents are hesitant, but I'm also like, you know, it's not really like you meet someone better when you're 25. Exactly, <laughs> there's just right. a lot more issues. <laughs> And I mean, things goodness. you have to work through. So I think I think it's a blessing. Of course, you have to be careful when it comes with its own challenges. And sure. yes, we broke up a lot. Like mm-hmm. that was enough of a joke, actually, at <laughs> the wedding. Um, <laughs> but I remember when I was um, a junior hire and I would write my name with his and we would talk about, I mean, people laugh, but we would say like, I really think we're supposed to get married. Aww. And we, I mean, I really felt that. And so much to the point that then when I was dating other people, I, I mean, God would remind me of Ryan. And wow. um, we just, we have so much fun together. We're just best friends, but also have that joint calling into student ministry, which yes. is just really neat. And of course, I know everyone doesn't have that story, but it has been a significant legacy in our family of sure. a teenage romance. That's yes. a bad way to say that. But anyway, but it is. It, yeah. it is. And my dad brought my mom to church, and that's when she accepted Aww. Christ. So important things happen in teenage years. They not, do. Not always, but they definitely can. Well, and what a beautiful start to invite them to church, you know, and to grow mm-hmm. up in your, in your faith. And mm-hmm. I'm sure you've you've been through a lot together. And yes. one thing I really want to spend a lot of our time talking about um, is really your story with infertility. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like um, you are your book, uh, which is Pray Big Things, which I love that title. It's just the perfect title. Um, you said you talk even more extensively about this. So we want to make sure if you guys want to hear even more of the story, definitely go get that book. And I know you're going to want to hear more of it. So definitely put that on your list. But I would love to hear about it because we do have so many people that struggle with infertility, but really Mm -hmm. kind of, I feel like suffer in silence. I don't Mm -hmm. feel like it's talked about enough. Mm -hmm. And I would love it if you could just share more about your experience with it. So our our story started with prayer. So we had been married for seven years and we really didn't have anything going wrong at the time. You know, it's not like we're like billionaires and everything was amazing, but I mean, we, there wasn't really anything pervasively wrong. Um, at that seven year mark, we were in London and it was New Year's Eve and we were at a church, which being a pastor's are, you don't really ever go to another church and we're on church yeah. staff. So we're like, let's go to another church. We're like already feeling so rebellious. <laughs> but anyway, we went to um, a New Year's concert and a service, and the pastor said, who wants more out of their lives? And Ryan and I were just kind of like, we do, like raising our hand. And they're like, who wants more out of their ministry? And we we're like, yeah, like we do. And it was just like a different idea. They use very much James 4.13, you have not because you ask not. Sure. And we went home or we went to the hotel that night, and instead of making – uh, New Year's resolutions, we made a list of 20 things that we were going to pray until God said no or until he clearly said yes. And so we weren't going to tell anyone. Like it was just us. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like we were posting it on Instagram. Like it was just for us. But it was our biggest dreams and biggest prayers, our true like heartfelt desires, not something like we just thought would be cool. It was what are those true desires on our heart? Right. And so on that list were three children multiples because I had always like ever since I was young just it sounds funny but I had just always really wanted twins like it was just this desire God had put in my heart so we had multiples and Ryan knew that and um, 
for God to do more than anything we could hope or imagine. So praying scripture, Mm -hmm. we had someone close to us that we really wanted to get sober. So we put their sobriety on there. And then our life changed really as teenagers when we caught a vision, a love for evangelism. And so that was something we wanted for our student ministry. So we put that our student ministry would catch a love, a vision for evangelism and just some very, uh, very specific things. And so we were kind of like, like, that's neat. And so we committed to praying it multiple times a day um, until it happened or until God was like, no, this isn't what I have for you. So then I got pregnant, like immediately. Wow. And we had never tried. And I remember, this is weird. It's kind of a weird memory. But I remember thinking, that was easy. I just need to do it again, which mm-hmm. is like, a really, like, what are you, what was I thinking? <laughs> I was already pregnant. But I remember thinking, well, <laughs> got that. Um, and then we ended up losing that first baby, which was devastating and very sad. Um, it actually happened... Um, on a night we were having this girls event in our backyard and we had a hundred girls and I call it legacy night. And it was about living your legacy. That was the catchphrase and about how God has a purpose for you right here, not just in the future. And so that was very surreal, like losing our first biological children. I had a hundred spiritual children in the backyard. And so that was an important theme because every miscarriage ended up like going along with a huge spiritual milestone. The second baby I lost while, um, right before, it was the greatest evangelism initiative our student ministry had ever seen. We ended up doing something called Tell the World. We just explained to students how to witness, how to share their faith, and really did old school, on the street evangelism. So 150 people witnessed to by teenagers in a matter of a few months. And then the last baby, I mean, you just can't make this stuff up. Um, it was when I was speaking at a Amer- uh, at a women's conference on why God allows suffering. So oh, it was yes. very much like I just felt like I really had like a demon, an angel on my shoulder because really there really was a very real battle going on, and I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't know what was coming, but it was very clear that Satan was trying to discourage us and God was trying to encourage us because you couldn't I mean you just couldn't. Sorry, you just couldn't miss it. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I remember one time, you know, we're Baptists, but uh, I remember it's a little charismatic but I remember standing <laughs> up in my office because I really felt just very taunted. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like I was being very, almost like teased and I like by the enemy. And I stood up and said, um, I'm not going anywhere, so you better bring it because I know God hasn't forgotten me. Mm-hmm. And wow. I said it like out loud. Yeah. I don't know who I was saying it to. But I mean, it was very much like I have to put a stake in the ground and say, I'm not giving up. I'm not going to turn back on my faith or on Ryan or get any weird yes. ideas. Like God is for me. You are against me. And I'm not going to give up. And maybe that means we're not going to have kids. Wow. It's incredible. And I, I love how you spoke out loud. I, you know, Jesus himself, when he's being tempted by the enemy, speaks out loud scripture, mm-hmm. right? right. And, and I do feel like, I, I think anyone listening, I'm sure they've had a moment like that. And I mm-hmm. use the word taunting, and that's what the enemy does, you know, mm-hmm. to try to discourage us. Mm-hmm. And, and man, after so much, I mean, so much, like you said, the highs and the lows, mm-hmm. you know, in, in that season. So, you know, I, I feel like I'm asking too many questions. Did you have another question you no, wanted no, to ask? I'm, I'm sorry. No, I'm you, like, so... Riveted. I want. I want to hear more about it. So, kind of after after kind of that turning point of you putting Mm -hmm. that stake in the ground, Mm -hmm. what what did it look like in your marriage and kind of in your journey uh, 
after that? Well, I told you before we started, I feel like one of God's biggest graces to me was becoming a therapist before all of this happened. Mm -hmm. It was like training ground before then going into battle. Um, And so that was, it was really good to have an understanding. Like I already knew infertility is hard on marriages. I already knew obviously losing a baby and multiple babies is trauma. So like we had, Ryan and I had a good vocabulary around it, like very much so. Like I remember one time, even saying, um, I'm choosing not to process this because like, I don't have time to with work. So I'm going to process this in a month. Like, I mean, we really had really good communication during that time period. And we kept praying. Like we didn't feel like, uh, we didn't feel like it was God saying no. Mm -hmm. So it was more of, are you going to keep praying these big things? Are you going to keep trusting me? Um, and what's interesting is how much it coincides really the infertility discussion with psychology because a lot of Christians don't seek out psychological help. A lot of Christians don't seek out infertility help. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of the same idea, um, a little bit of legalism and fear, and I think twisting scripture. Um, And of course, I have had people tell me like God told them, like gave them a piece about not seeking fertility treatment. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. But there would have been nothing pro-life about us just keep getting pregnant and having miscarriages. So really like for us, like we felt all green lights, you need to go see a doctor. It's, you know, I think it was like 2016. And thankfully, like we don't live in the dark ages where we have to keep having this happen. And so we, we felt like it was fine that we had that freedom in Christ and we knew what we would do and what we wouldn't do. Um, And so we definitely sought out, fertility help. The reason I don't mass advertise that is because people think, oh, well, that's how you got the triplets. Mm -hmm. Um, And they think that's kind of an immediate thing where if you talk to anyone who's had fertility treatments, you know, that does not mean you get a baby. Mm -hmm. That is not short sighting God or tricking anything. Like there are plenty of couples that still don't have kids even after um, fertility treatment. But I remember... Um, they gave me a medication, was not supposed to create twins or was, we didn't do IVF or anything. Um, but whenever they said that they were going to put me on this medication, I remember I called Ryan and said, this is how I'm going to get my twins. Mm-hmm. Like I said, yeah. that's, a, and it was neat though, theologically, just that God put a desire in my heart. Then we had a struggle and then God definitely used medication, mm-hmm. which never basically results in triplets. So that's why we, we just like to downplay it a little bit because we mm-hmm. felt like God used that for it to come about. Um, but it all, it did all work out and we ended up becoming pregnant with triplets and it was just amazing. And, um, you know, the movie Encanto, I don't know if y'all have seen it, but yeah, yeah. you know, it has the dad fainting and <laughs> like that, that wasn't us. Like yeah, we were, know. we were cheering, we we're high-fiving. We felt like we'd won a gold medal. We were, we were thrilled. And, then really heavy anxiety, of course, set in because that was pregnant with six kids in less than a year. Wow. Oh, man. That's so much to process. And like your body and your mind mm-hmm. has been through so much. Right. It's a lot, right? It's, yeah. it, it's a lot. I mean, you you two just in a short period of time had a mm-hmm. lifetime's worth of really tense situations. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, you got this miracle three babies, more than the blessing you prayed for, mm-hmm. more than the twin. God said, I'm going to see your twins and raise you one. Right. And, <laughs> That's right. And it, what a gift. But that wasn't the end of the story. You no. know, there, there continued to be ups and downs. And so walk us through, you know, the, the pregnancy, 
Yeah. And and I know even even post pregnancy, some very mm-hmm. very serious health challenges, and mm-hmm. then um, and then ultimately having an opportunity with the show Rattled to to live that season of your lives yeah. as in a very public way to share your story and it, mm-hmm. the way that you use that to to share your testimony, give hope to people. Um, mm-hmm. You know, people heard the gospel because you guys yes. were on yeah. on that show, mm-hmm. and. Inflation is out of control, and it just seems like money flies out the window. I look at our account daily, and I'm just like, where does this money go? And you're probably the same way. And that's why I'm really excited about a new ad partner we have called Rocket Money. This is an app that helps you in real time see exactly where your money is going. And even more importantly, they'll help you identify and cancel subscriptions that you're not using. On average, they're saving their users $720 a year. I didn't think I had any subscriptions we weren't using, but this is what happens. You sign up for a a free subscription to something, you're not using it, and that free subscription runs out. You're paying five or ten bucks a month for the rest of your life until you cancel it. Rocket Money helped us identify it Get that under control and save a bundle right from the start. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscription, guys. That's half a billion bucks. You need to get your share of that. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions today by going to rocketmoney.com slash naked. That's rocketmoney.com slash N-A-K-E-D. Start saving money today. One goal we've had as a family lately is to try to just eat healthier, and junk is sometimes more convenient, and we're eating unhealthy, not because we want to, but it's just because it's what's easy to grab. But then came along Thrive. That's right. Thrive Market is helping us in really simple, practical ways. And as a Thrive Market member, we save money on every single grocery order. On average, we save over 30% each time, which I mean, I don't know about you, but I love saving money. They even have a deals page that changes daily and always has some of our favorite brands, which right now we are loving the Hum brand, Zero Sugar Kombucha. And so check those out. Go to Thrive Market, join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash naked for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash N-A-K-E-D, thrivemarket.com slash naked. But, but, you know, there's so much like for you guys have basically been in isolation for for four years <laughs> yeah. between, you know, the twins early or the triplets early years and then COVID right on the heels of that. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's a lot. It's it a lot. A just lot. Re- rewind the <laughs> clock and, and yeah. walk, talk us through some of that. So uh, the first trimester, I couldn't even say the word triplets. Like, <laughs> I was terrified, not be. not because of them. Like I was so excited, but I was worried it wouldn't happen. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. that's yeah. what a lot of people of course say after loss but also it's it's automatically high risk so twins are not on automatically but it's called higher order multiples so triplets and I mean it's not are you are you going to be you are like and um I was scared it wasn't going to happen so like I had a hard time even saying triplets and then um second trimester I remember just being like god like the anxiety is like I mean like I can't take it like we're gonna have to like tell me it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Or um, I have a running theory that you're closest to God pregnant and single. I don't know. I'm going to ask God if that's true. Like (laughs) when we get to heaven, but like, I think scripture backs up when you're in distress and a lot of people are searching for answers. And a lot of people are 
you know, in distress or searching for answers and they're single or in a hard situation or pregnant. Mm -hmm. And so I've had, even though it was very difficult, I had some of the most amazing moments with God pregnant. And one was uh, we were on our family vacation and Ryan and I have a a ritual of going and praying for the year mm-hmm. and there's somewhere we go and I I couldn't walk to that place so we're on the balcony and I I couldn't really find the words to pray and of course the Bible says that the Holy Spirit prays on your behalf right. and I was like okay Holy Spirit like you need to pray for me but I I just started practicing praying scripture so praying scripture back to God and I remember I was praying in Psalms that the verse that says, if, you know, who will praise you in death? And it's it's really just talking about how scary it is and that ultimately in some way, like, of course, if someone's dead, they're not praising you, sure. which is a very dark, a dark verse, but it's just true. And that was like how I felt. Like, I was like, I want, I want to live. I want the babies to live. I want mm-hmm. us to be able to praise you. And I was just really like in anguish and Ryan was with me and the clouds, it was all, it was all dark outside. And right. I mean, I told God, I need you to tell me that it's going to be okay. I cannot function. Like mm-hmm. I was just like <laughs> overwhelmed with fear. And right as we were praying verses out of Psalm and um, I like, looked up and there was a light like only on Ryan and me and it was wow. from the sun but like all around us like you could see like because we're in this field on this balcony there was no light anywhere and there was just a light shining like right on Ryan and me and so there were just different experiences like that I went like 24 hours without feeling them and I prayed I said God I need to know they're okay and I went to bed that night and I saw their faces and I mean I don't know if that's really what they looked like or not but I mean there were just different ways that he encouraged us sure but we did feel like there is a, you know, you lost three, pregnant with three. There's the bow. There's the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at 23 weeks, we ended up going into preterm labor. And the, the doctor came in at the hospital and said, I'm so sorry, but they're going to be born blind, deaf, with brain bleeds or not survive at all. Um, if they're born right now. And I really, I, as loud as I've ever heard anything, I heard God say no. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, really like in my spirit, in my yeah. head. Yeah. And I was like, okay, you're going to need to leave. And Ryan went in the hall. And I mean, really, I felt like God made promises all along. Um, and just, of course, we know this, but for people listening, the promises of God have to align with scripture. Sure. They can't be anything outside right. of scripture. Um, but I, I felt like he really carried us through that. But then it was 49 days of laying in a hospital bed. People all over the world were praying for us. We had already been cast in the TLC show, as as you mentioned. Not that, I mean, of course, that was so secondary. But um, we just had people all around the world that were praying for them. And I knew I needed to stay connected to God and to scripture. And I just prayed through the psalm. Like, that's that's all I could do because really, like, pregnancy brain times three and we're in distress and I could only get up to go to the bathroom. Y'all can probably tell I'm very hyperactive. Like, it was very difficult be so to hard. lay in a bed hoping we all live, mm-hmm. which really was the reality. Um, and the nurses I found out were bedding on – apparently everyone cracks on bed rest, like in hospital bed rest. Because, <laughs> right. um, I mean, I didn't leave the room, like – for almost two months and wow. yeah I mean it was really um and so apparently they always like 
may like decide when someone's going to be at their end. And I mean, really God like just really helped us through that. It was Mm -hmm. this really precious time. And we just made the decision. We don't know what's going to happen. We feel like God has promised it's going to be okay, but we celebrated every Saturday. So every Saturday, Ryan would come in with either a big gift or a little gift or whatever. And we would celebrate another week of life. And then the further along we got, we were allotted 10 minutes in a wheelchair. So Ryan, (laughs) I think he got it. He planned these hospital dates and he would find interesting oh, wow. places in the hospital because it was Christmas time oh, wow. so and sweet. and then sometimes we would stay like five minutes later it felt like we we're in like a walk to remember or something but like it, kind it, of, I mean, it really beautiful. was it was really neat you could find different gardens and find different like pianists and different things going on and so it was really special but we decided just to celebrate until whatever happened was going to happen so I was very peaceful. God carried. It was actually like, it's weird, but it's one of our favorite times of our marriage, like wow. looking back on it, because we really didn't know what was going to happen. We had decided ahead of time, we're trusting God. We're, of course, not going to turn our back on our faith or each other. But like, that was a decision. And then, okay, right. because we've made that decision, what are we going to do? Yeah. So I did lose it one day, <laughs> and that was God's grace and I, because something was wrong. And oh, so okay. I was I was very upset. I was crying. I said I told God, I don't know what's wrong. Something's wrong. Holy Spirit, pray for us. Went to bed. And that's the last night I had peaceful sleep. I woke up and one of the babies had stopped growing. And so we delivered that day. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, and that is like so many miracles wrapped yeah, into it. Yeah, it was crazy. Miracle. And, it is. And I need Ryan to write a book on creative date ideas within a hospital. Like, man. yeah, I mean, really, like he <laughs> he he does not get nearly the credit he needs to get. Oh, actually, okay. In fairness, they did um, when we were on the show. The nurses had started calling him Saint Ryan, and so there there are a few excerpts in the show where it's like, look how great Ryan is, right, and then yeah. like I'm in bed just like eating cookies, like, like enjoying this. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yes. I'm laying there in misery. Well, and he, so he stayed in the hospital with me on, on the couch. It wasn't like a hospital that had like some big suite and right. he had his own bed. He slept on a couch for 50 days. Oh, that's, yeah. yeah. Wow. So you have the babies. Now mm-hmm. I know they're preemies. Uh-huh. Now, did you have, how long did you guys have to stay after having the babies? Yeah. So um, they were in the NICU for about 65 days, okay. which is a pretty long time. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and then two of them were hospitalized within 24 hours of coming home. Okay. So, yes. And they made it through that, though. They made it through. Made it through. Yeah. And I remember you telling me, but because they were so early, mm-hmm. you had to be very, you know, insular because you don't yes. want to introduce your babies to to unnecessary germs. and Right. And so that in and of itself, so you've already been in the hospital <laughs> this time. <laughs> then you go home and you kind of have to mm-hmm. buckle down. Yes. I know that had to be hard, too. How'd you all keep your, your wits about you? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I have pretty thick skin. Um, Clearly. Definitely being, like, my pa- <laughs> my um, my dad's daughter. Like, I'm not, like, unfamiliar with criticism. Um, but I'll just say it this way. We did what the doctors told us to do. Okay. Most people don't because it's just too hard. I think that we had a different experience of the hospital bed rest and then the NICU and everyone doesn't have that. So we, you know, like I woke up and they were being resuscitated in front of us. So I just had like, we had a little different, like when you say NICU, people's NICU journeys are different. People's bed rest 
journeys are different. It's mm-hmm. just, and then, you know, just speaking more psychologically, it just depends on like how things affect you. And so for True. us, we were going to do what the doctors told us to do. Mm-hmm. And this was before COVID. And so it was in the middle of flu season and RSV season. And we used to all care about that. We, you know, people don't right. kind of roll their <laughs> eyes now, but it used to be a big deal. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, we we did what they said. We needed to stay home um, through flu season. And then really, they're not sure what issues health-wise kids preemies have until about two. Two is when you're thought to be caught up. Wow. So we didn't like stay inside till they were two. But I mean, if someone was coughing or sick, we weren't around them. Um, they were hospitalized many times that year and that was with us doing like our absolute best so it it was definitely um we were fine doing whatever we needed to do Mm -hmm. but then I think when they were two and then COVID hit and then it was more isolation it it was a lot of depending on one another and then you know I'm pretty sure this is the only time we're doing this so we also didn't want it to be a bad experience so we're trying to have good memories stay thankful have a good marriage stay connected to the world somehow right Um, which is is tricky even the stay connected part because Mm -hmm. as as public figures and wanting to to, you know protect your children I know you've Mm -hmm. you've been really intentional about you know not putting too much out there of your children and yes and it's fascinating to me. I mean, there's so much fascinating. I mean, you you could just sell the movie rights to <laughs> to, to your story, and it would be right. Oscar winning. But um, just these last four or four and a half years of essentially just only having each other. I mean, mm-hmm. there are other people in your lives, obviously, and but in a very unique way. Mm-hmm. It's just been you and Ryan, and then you and Ryan and the kids, mm-hmm. you know, facing the health challenges together, um, leaning on each other for, you know. For support, all those things. Mm-hmm. What have you guys learned in your yeah. faith, in your marriage, in your family, mm-hmm. um, with the, the unique season you've had to walk through mm-hmm. of, of living through these challenges and having to do it, like, not totally alone. You've mm-hmm. got a lot of people love you and pray for you and all that, but... but We were pretty You're pretty alone. alone. Yeah, you're, <laughs> it's you're, okay. You're pretty yeah, alone. We and were. so... Yeah. That's hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is... Mm-hmm. I'd just love to hear you talk some about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. (laughs) This is like with the premise that we had an understanding about psychology. So we already knew our personalities. We already knew our temperaments. We already knew introvert, extrovert. Like we were very, we had a good language around, I'm very extroverted. Mm -hmm. I cannot be at home for a hundred thousand hours a week like I need like so we already have had I think that's one benefit of being married young and then you know uh, being married for so long before having children so we had good language around that and I think for us specifically what was good is I realized we kind of had to sometimes stop psychoanalyzing everything Mm -hmm. so even though I could say well this is trauma and this is isolation and this is anxiety and this is this Mm -hmm." and then we still have the principles of what like what are the biblical principles and so I think that's what we've learned like the important balance of yes being introspective and knowing your spouse and all of that but at the same time like biblical principles are still there like it's still there's still the commands like you still got to go to church you still mm-hmm. can't deprive one another. You mm-hmm. still have to have self-control. You still are supposed to read your Bible and do these things. And so I think that that's the balance we figured out. Because there would be times where we would 
because we both have the same language of theology and psychology. Mm -hmm. And so we would kind of have to say, you know what, we're just going to have to kind of put a pause on the psychological and just look at what does God want us to do. Right. It's, it's amazing. You are an inspiration, Julie, you and Ryan both. And Ryan, if you're listening, call me, (laughs) give me your, your romance tips because, uh, Oh, well, I do want to say this. There's an extremely high divorce rate for multiples families. So it's, it's, uh, it's, over 50% in the first year. Wow. And so that was something like we have always been very upfront about whatever the challenges are and whatever statistics are. And so I I had a interesting community of triplet moms okay. actually. So they there are different ways that you find each other and online of course and it was significant numbers getting divorced and it was that first year and like of course like we've already made the decision we are not getting divorced Mm -hmm. and so like we knew that wasn't we weren't going to do that and you know before anyone laughs at that I know y'all would agree. You can make that choice. Sure, like yeah. you can decide. I am not going to do yeah. this. You and so, right. We're and face so this. that's yeah. already been a decision that we've made. But knowing that for whatever reason, whatever the stressors are, there's a significant amount of the first year that get divorced. Like that mm. put us really on guard. Mm-hmm. And then we always ask for the help we need. Like I mean, we just say. And luckily, God put us together. So Ryan likes alone time. Mm-hmm. I hate it. And he was fine <laughs> with me going and hanging out with my friends. Yeah, <laughs> like, um, but it, it's important, I think, to know before you just like dismiss psychology, um, when you're in a situation that statistically is not in your favor, of course, so with special needs or losing a child or right. what, whatever it is. So it was important to know that. Yeah. Um, Going in. Like, you know, both agreeing, okay, we are going through what people before us have said is one of the, like a really hard thing to face, you Mm -hmm. know? And, and like, I love you using the terminology be on guard, which I mean, is biblical to Mm -hmm. just be aware of what could be, you know, fighting against you, so to speak, Mm -hmm. not the babies themselves, but just the, the circumstances, because you are, I mean, having one child Mm -hmm. is hard enough (laughs) having one baby, but having three triplets who are also preemie after Mm -hmm. you're coming off bed rest Mm -hmm. and then and medically uh, fragile for a time and grieving and grieving. Right. I mean, that's a lot that you're processing. And I love how, you know, it's really like, you know, getting in a huddle, so to speak, like a marriage huddle. And you're Mm -hmm. like, okay, Mm-hmm. We're not giving up on this. Mm-hmm. This is what we're facing. And and mm-hmm. I think that, you know, listeners could could take so much away from that because maybe yeah. you're listening to this, you don't have multiples. Maybe you've not dealt with infertility or miscarriage, but I think that you've probably faced or are facing currently something hard. And I think just being able to look at your spouse and and recognize the season you're in as being hard and saying, mm-hmm. This is really hard. And if we aren't careful, this could really do some damage, yeah. but we're not going to allow that. Yeah. yeah, can I say something to that? Because yeah. that was something I was, <laughs> I just started sharing this, um, not on air, but <laughs> with uh, friends who just have kind of started talking to me about marriage issues. And I don't think we're like give permission for people to say this. And I think people don't know it. I learned as a therapist, your marriage when you have young kids is like absolutely when people report being like least satisfied. Oh, sure. And yeah, so, for but, sure. But people, yeah. know, a lot of people don't know that. And mm-hmm. so they're like shocked. Like, we're not having like the best time right now as a couple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Well, and, yeah. And like people don't know that. And, and so <laughs> I started 
I remember researching that and I told like one of my friends, I was like, no, like good news. It's okay. Like this doesn't have to be your favorite season. Right. Like in marriage, like hopefully, hopefully you're not miserable and you're still able to have fun. And we did. We had a lot of fun and everything, but we just had the understanding like this is a stressful time. And you know, my, the other people I've told that to, they're not, they don't have multiples, but just having permission not to love every season. Exactly. And I thought that that was neat. And then it's, if you stay together, through year 10 between 10 and 15 the marital satisfaction yes. goes up which yes. usually goes along with kids moving into different stages which is fascinating so, i'm so glad you said that because that there's so, so much truth in well, that and, and we've seen like whatever the struggle is in marriage most of the time if couples will stick it out through mm-hmm. that tough season yes it gets better yeah. right. i mean you still have to work at it to get and better. and then you but, have the stories and then you got the stories. <laughs> you do. And, you're, and then you think back and i'm sure you and ryan have had many moments like i cannot believe that we've been through what we've been through. Yeah, no, yeah. we'll stop in the car and be like, hey, hey, there's there's no crying. Yeah, it's getting, we'll go, it's getting easier. It's like, <laughs> oh my gosh. High five at each other. No, I mean, yeah. with every step, it's just beautiful. It's part of the journey, but it makes you stronger. I mean, you guys, oh, yeah. man, you are strong. You, you are know, strong. And you're I, strong people. They, look, they might have called him St. We're Ryan. not, but I'm we are Christians. I'm going to start calling you St. Julia. Well, you know what I mean. I mean, God has yeah. made you stronger, you know, through Well, it. and practically, like, even just talking about scripture, I mean, it says not to complain. So I mean, like, yeah. we didn't let ourselves complain. Mm-hmm. I mean, we would say we're going to give things and we're going to have fun. And right. I mean, that doesn't mean we were perfect, but I always took really, that scripture more as a suggestion than a yeah, command. Yeah, but I mean, no, really no, looking it, it at it, command. we're like, yeah. I mean, we talk about it's not a suggestion. Right. Like, we're not supposed to do that. And honestly, they're wonderful and amazing. So it's pretty easy yes. just to absolutely enjoy it. Um, I think the isolation, so whatever situation you're in, like, we were very isolated. Um, just because basically it would take like two hours to leave somewhere or get right. somewhere. Oh, yeah. And just imagine. just practically isolated. So I yeah. think... Um, being honest about where you are mm-hmm. personally and as a couple and then making a plan to survive that. Exactly. Like, how can we make things better for each other in this mm-hmm. season? So right now, uh, you know, you have little ones still at home, three three little ones at home. Mm-hmm. What what kind of things, like, what's what things do you do right now in this season to keep yeah. your marriage going strong? Yeah. Um, we date. We mm-hmm. always have a date night, and um, we started just really. Even though I said we put psychology a little bit on hold. We're going back to okay, how am I? How has God gifted me? How has He gifted you? What needs do we have? And then we literally made a plan of how to get our needs met. So like I yeah. love charts, and um, I wrote like my fa- five basic needs, which wouldn't be under like any list in like a therapist's <laughs> office, but it's like, what do I care most about? Yeah. What does he care most about? And then we made a plan to make it happen. And so practical. Yeah. And I think for a lot of us, that. just just like seeing it in writing, I know mm-hmm. I'm more of that person than you are, but I do like, I feel mm-hmm. like there's power in writing it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then you can monitor and adjust mm-hmm. as needed, obviously, based on the season you're you in. But yeah. You yeah. can measure it. You can say like, these are the things, and it's not so mm-hmm. scary and murky. It's like, yeah. we can do yeah. these things. Well, and in premarital counseling, I remember our we did it with our um, youth minister and his wife, and he said, write down what y'all like doing together right now because mm-hmm. you're going to forget. Oh, and yeah. so we wrote down, like, we've always liked reading together. We've always liked working out. And then my whole family just loves movies. And so, I mean, really, like, 
it, it seems funny, but that's like really more of a hobby. So if we're yeah. not, I mean, that's when we connect and then, you know, you always have counselors say, oh, it doesn't count if you're watching TV. The way we watch TV does, like we're yeah. laughing and talking about well, it. And too. like, we're we exactly la- like same. that's very much something totally. we do together. I'm with you on it. So um, anyway, so yeah, it sounds not spiritual, but we always watch TV together. I love it. We still have our pray big things list that we do with the kids, and and then we we do something active together. Mm-hmm. So we like playing tennis and we like working nice. out, and um, we very it it was a benefit being married for so long before having kids, which mm-hmm. I know not everyone has that choice or wants to do that, mm-hmm. but that was a good thing for us. Yeah. Man, you guys are doing so much, are, so man. much right. We could talk to you all day, all night, but <laughs> respect for your time. We'll wrap this up, but. In addition to getting the book, Pray Big Things, which, guys, if you're not inspired to go get that book at this point, I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you. Were you even this, listening? Yeah, were you even listening? <laughs> this, this is incredible. So uh, get that book and also check out, of course, uh, Julie's unapologetic program. But Julia, where else and how else can people connect to what you're doing in the season? I'm just typical millennial, so Instagram, uh, Julia Jeffress Sadler. And then the new website is ptv.org slash Julia. Awesome. And we'll definitely put that in the show notes. But Julia, we just thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us. And um, I just, I can't wait to hear more stories about what's going on in in your all's world. Thank you for having (laughs) me on. This is awesome.